This is a Podfire production. This podcast may have explicit themes and swearing and may not be suitable for children. The world is full of amazing people and once a week I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum and this is Awesome Humans. G'day all, I'm Brett McCallum. I'm your host of Awesome Humans, the podcast that brings together some of the most amazing people on this awesome planet of ours to tell us their stories, have a few laughs, sometimes tears, but most of all, it's about them, who they really are, where they come from, all that sort of stuff. Welcome to Awesome Humans. This podcast is at least three years in the making. I met this bloke a few years ago when he was introduced to me by the wonderful Auntie Linda, who's also in the studio with us today. He was one of the people, when you hear his name, you get all excited because everyone knows who he is. Everyone knows what he's done, what effect he's had on the community and what has Australia in general. When I first met him, we embraced in a hug and I knew straight away he was going to be someone in my life for a long time. He has a warmth about him, a glow, just being a bloody good bloke. It's not the fact that he's a rugby league legend, it's the fact that he's a legend of a human being. Some things I've learnt over the years. He was an NRL player. Dally M Player of the Year winner. He beat Andrew Johns, which I love that even more. Premiership winner. He was a Panther. He was a Shark. He was a Titan. He represented New South Wales Country. Dreamtime team. He was in the inaugural Indigenous All-Stars, which we'll touch on today. He retired in 2011 and was the first life member ever of the Titans in 2019. In 2023, he got the Order of Australia Medal, which is a medal that honours and recognises Australian citizens and other persons for outstanding achievements and services. A fun fact, he has uh, a couple of his cousins are well-known, Nathan Blacklock and Greg Inglis. His son, Jaden, plays fullback for the Gold Coast Titans. Yep, that's right. This is Preston Campbell, and I couldn't be more happy to have him in the studio. Hey, Presto. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm good. Actually, is it Thomas Leon Preston Campbell OAM? Yes. There you go. Look, I'm Wikipedia. It's a wow. wonderful thing. Yeah, that, that look, sounds impressive, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I didn't think they'd actually put that up there. There you go. And it's, it's something that a lot of people don't actually know. Uh, Thomas, I'm actually named after my dad. Yep. So I'm Thomas the second. Okay. Um, I, Preston, I don't know where Preston come from as a main name. Obviously, it's one of my Christian names. It's not even my second name. So is Thomas Leon Preston your Thomas actual Leon. first name? Thomas Leon Preston Campbell. You know, so wow. it's one of those things that, you know, it comes up in a trivia question every every now and again. Yeah, and everyone Thomas, gets it wrong. Thomas Campbell <laughs> was an NRL player from the years. <laughs> oh, I love it. Where's the Leon come from? My uncle. Your uncle. My, okay. My uncle Leon. He's my he's my mum's big brother. Love it. And yeah. in the studio also is Annie Linda. Hello, gorgeous. How are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. And I'm sure you're going to chip in as we go along the process today. Annie Linda uh, introduced me to Preston, as I mentioned a few years ago. And every time I see them, she normally brings me damper. But I just want to let everyone know she didn't do that today. <laughs> but moving on. Presto, the way I love to start this, what's your first ever memory? How far back can you go? Oh, my first ever memory, really. You know, you, you never really think about this you sort don't. of stuff, do you? That's why I love asking you, it. Until you asked, <laughs> asked it, you'd have to give me a second to think about that, I'll come really. back to it. You want me to yeah. do that? Yeah, if you don't mind. Okay, when I was a little fella, my mum and dad won the lottery, right? And... Uh, my auntie and uncle lived in a little place called Inverell. Yeah. And uh, I went to Gilgai Primary School. Wow. For about six weeks while they were on a cruise. When I first met you and we first had a chat, you go, I'm from Inverell. Yeah. Well, actually, a little place that starts with T, I don't remember it. I'm just outside of Inverell. Yeah, little, little name, Tinga. Tinga. So you got Inverell. Yep. And you got Gilgai. Yeah. And you got Tinga. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. Such it is a small amazing. world. I was, I was born in Inverell. Yep. But grew up in Tinga. What was Tinga like? 
It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of your t- typical country towns, um, even though we had Inverell, I think at the moment they've got about 15,000 people there. Oh, but I haven't been there since I was three. When I was growing up in Tinga, there was barely barely 700, I think. You know, it might, might be a little bit more there now, but um, one of your typical um, country towns, Tinga, it's an, it's an old... Old mining town, okay. You know, Tinga, hence the name. Yep. I think Tinga is Chinese Mandarin for pot of gold. So, so it was gold a, mining back in the day. No, so it was tin mining. Okay, Tinga. But they, fair, that's fair. But they did actually find gold. Yeah. Um, and they find all sorts of gems there as well. It's one of those places where um, not only can you find sapphires, you can find diamonds. Not only can you find diamonds, you can find opals. Wow. Um, yeah, so you can find mu- multiple gems there. It's, I'm not sure many places like that out there in the world, but um, you know, as a child, you, you you have these remnants of of the of the mining town. So if you can imagine, you know, springs yeah, yeah. everywhere. Yeah, you know, so you have this open cup mine, and water just breaks through the bottom, and they turn into places where you can just go and spend all day and swim. Like watering hole type things. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. So it was a diverse community because obviously yep. back in the mining days, a lot of Chinese come out yep. and um, that sort of stuff. And yeah, yeah. There's a fair bit of history there uh, with the Chinese. You know, there's a lot of um, places still named, named there. People still live there that are, that are Chinese. Yeah. Um, Winging Long and Co., uh, there was a family that, that were the Fongs yeah. and a family that were the Pratts. Um, and they're and they're still there. Wow, they're still there. Generational. Yeah, love that. So, as an indigenous kid growing up in Tinga, was obviously you've got, as I say, all different cultures and everything there. How, how was that? You wouldn't have known any different. No, 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 really, I didn't. <laughs> That's very cool. I, I didn't. It's one of those things when you grow up and you're younger and you you hear it everywhere. I mean, my best friend was not indigenous. Yeah, Michael Wallace. You know, and um, we spent a lot of time together. You know, and we just. Y- yeah, kids, you are kids. There's yeah, no racing kids, isn't there? Really, you don't really know any different. It wasn't it wasn't until I left Tinga I, I realised um, how different we were. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, school? What was school like? Were you school good, was awesome. Were you a good kid? Bad yeah. kid? Oh, well, well, school was school. You know, I mean, imagine growing up in a in a community where school was important, but you didn't actually know why school was important. Yeah. So my okay. mum and dad. They'll say, you have to get up and you have to go to school, but they don't tell you why you have to go to school. <laughs> you know, and you just go and you just do do whatever the teachers ask you to do and you get into trouble every now and again. But, um, you, know, you know, for my mum and dad, that that was great because, you know, they're probably never going to leave Tinga. They're still there. Yeah, really. And they probably didn't think I was going to leave Tinga. You know what I mean? So um, I'd tell people I probably, if I didn't, if it didn't, um, Become a rugby league player, I'll probably still be in Tinga. And what would you be doing? I don't know. Sliding door. What, what did mum and dad do? Well, well, that's the thing. Tinga's one of those communities where when growing up there, you might not, not might not feel that there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah. So there was this program, um, and, and you'll find it in more remote communities now, isolated communities, so CDEP, C-D-E-P, okay. uh, in, in other words. So basically... Um, I think it was a work for the Dole program, wasn't it, Annie Linda? Yeah, that's where they um, came up with their great ideas for the work for the Dole program. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> great ideas. Yeah, well, look, look, our communities have been running those programs for years and years and years. Yeah, and that's what I wanted, wanted to do when I left school. I wanted to work with my mum and dad because 
look, what a lot of people don't realise, for for some communities like Tinga, the CDEP was actually a great thing because there wasn't too many opportunities outside of that. Yeah. The fact that they got to go to work, um, they got to make their community look beautiful, they got to work alongside each other, um, and they got many qualifications, you know, and the only thing that, that the CDEP um, was lacking was that, that aspiration side of things, you know, let, yeah. letting people know that there's more outside of your community or there's more outside of, um, you know, this this space that you're working in at the moment. But I, I always saw, saw the smile on my on my mum and dad's face when nice. they were working. <laughs> and again, um, you know, some of the some of the issues in our communities, they were very minimal when the CDEP was there because people were just busy, you know. And any, anything that, if anything did arise, um, they dealt with it yeah, okay. with re- appropriately and with respect, you know. So, um, for for a lot of communities, CDEP probably didn't work out. But I know for Tinga, it, it's all it's all we had, you know. And if you're in contrast to what it, what it's like now, I mean. There's still people there on the dole, yeah, but they're not working. You know, so you can imagine you can imagine some of the issues in our in our community back home. But that would have also given you a bit of camaraderieship, a bit of mateship. Yeah, it sort of made you feel like you were doing something, made you feel a bit of worth. Yeah, pride of place. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, you're working on your own on your own little community alongside your family and friends. It was, I, I thought it was a beautiful thing, and and again, that's what I wanted to do when I left school. Because so that, that's really all I knew. Yeah, I was going to say that. So at, at school, you're going through school, going through the motions as we all did. Um, was there any like things like you wanted to do, like a trade or go to university or anything like that, where it wasn't on the cards? Well, look, there there was a lot of exposure to that, mm-hmm. but but if you're not looking for it, it's really that's so It's true. really hard to see it, and that's still now. It's yeah, still the same. it's really hard to see it. And no matter how many times, and and looking back now, there were many times where I was exposed to different trades. Um, but I just didn't see it, you know. I'd, again, I didn't see myself leaving Tinker. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So as a kid, were you uh, were you quick? Like, were you a speedy? Were you the kid that won all the running races? Were you the kid that no. sort of was really good at all the sports? No, no, no. no? I, I was a small bloke. Yeah. I was always a small bloke. Yes, I was quick off the mark, but I didn't take them long to catch up because <laughs> I just had them little legs and really short steps. So... I rode right. I was, I was athletic. <laughs> <laughs> I was very agile, and, yeah. and and I can do, I can play most sports. You know, that's a lot of stuff, a lot of sports we played growing up. So, my hand-eye coordination and my footwork was always good, um, and that's what sort of get me a foot in the door to to be a rugby league player. You know, I tell people, rugby league was something I enjoyed doing. I loved playing rugby league, but I never thought I'd be a professional rugby league player. How old were you when you started? I was, I played a couple of games. Um, Younger, I think it was under nines. Might have been my first game actually. Mm-hmm. And my mum didn't want to play, want me to play rugby league because yeah. I, I was just a small fella. And um, he's gonna get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Someone swung me around, and unfortunately, I hit my head on the ground. My first ever game, and I got knocked out. And uh, was mum saying, "Told you." Well, luckily, <laughs> mum wasn't there. Yeah, luckily. And, and mum did, and dad didn't tell her. Huh? Dad didn't tell her, but uh, that scared me. Scared me a little bit. Yeah. So I played a lot of football, a lot of soccer, um, up until I was around sixteen. Playing the odd game of rugby league here and there, mm-hmm. but um, soccer was my game until until I turned sixteen. And were you ever thinking actually I could make a career out of soccer? No, no. Well, 
everyone left me at soccer. Oh, my family, my family, my friends, they all went across the rugby league. They reckon that's where all the girls, they like uh. to watch rugby league players, you know. So <laughs> um, I started playing rugby league um, full seasons when I, when I turned 16, but that was, that was more of a social thing. And what about siblings, brothers, sisters? Yeah, yeah, I've got, uh, got an older brother, uh-huh. older sister, two younger sisters and a younger brother. Six? Five? Yeah, oh, look, biologically, I've got, yeah. I got one older brother and one older sister and one younger sister, uh-huh. and we adopted um, two of my cousins. Beautiful. Yeah, both, uh, one from my dad's side and one from my mum's side. Brothers and sisters, but they're, they're my brothers and sisters, exactly. yeah. And um, did they ever play sports? Were they athletic? Yeah, look... Yeah, certainly my big brother. He, I, I, he, he was more talented than I was. You know, I, I, I think he was. Um, he had the size. Yep. No problems. He was a lot faster than me. He was a lot stronger than me. I had a little more instinct, given I was smaller. I had to. I had to <laughs> find ways. Yeah. <laughs> but he, yeah, he was a lot better footballer than me, and he, he, he had an opportunity to go to Sydney. Actually, he had St George Dragons and, and South Sydney Rabbitohs looking yep. at him at the time. Um, I didn't know, understand what that meant, but um, I just know there were clubs in Sydney chasing him. So he was definitely a great rugby league player. And my um, my younger brother and, and my sisters, they, they delved into touch footy and basketball and netball. And what? Um, how did it happen for you? So did someone come to Tinger and go, oh, I like that little fella? So, the, the, you know, usually they have those pre-season competitions. Yep. So in... In the Northern Tablelands, New South Wales, there's Group 19. And there's a certain amount of towns or a certain amount of teams that play in that competition. And then as a division, we bring, bring a number of different groups together. And that was that was it. I made a divisional team. And um, we were playing at Oaks Oval in Lismore. And a, and a gentleman by the name of Thomas Searle, who was uh, a representative for the Gold Coast Chargers, a recruitment officer at the time, he noticed me running around there, and I had a couple of good games. And at the end of that carnival, um, he'd asked me if I wanted to come up to the Gold Coast for a trial at the end of the year. How old were you then? I was 18 at the time, okay. playing under 19s. Um, turned 19 in June, um, but played the footy season back home with the Inverell Orcs. Yeah. And at the end of the season, come to the Gold Coast, had a couple of trial games, and the coach at the time, Phil Cotamidi, said... We want to sign you up. So then you become a professional rugby league player. Well, I was signed to become a pre- professional Signed to rugby. become. Yeah. What's mum think about this now? Yeah. <laughs> At the time. Yeah. I'm now playing league mum. Well, it, it happened <laughs> so quick. But, yeah. You know, and I, I don't think um, our, the family had enough time to actually allow it to sink in, to register. And, you know, September uh, 1996, I think it was, um, I came up to trial with the Gold Coast Chargers. Um, and by by um, November, I was in in a car moving to the Gold Coast. Wow! So it, it happened so quick. It happened so quick. But it was one of those things. Um, I, I saw I needed uh, there was an opportunity there, and I, and I needed to get out of out of town to take care of my family because, um, as it was, uh, the same same year, myself and my wife now wife were expecting a baby. So. Um, I saw it as a great, great, great opportunity, and and there there was the drive for me to make the most of that opportunity. Well, I was going to go there next, but let's go there now. Your beautiful wife, mm-hmm. she's a lovely, lovely lady. What? Uh, how did that all happen? 
Where where did we meet? Well, she yeah, we met in Tinga. So she's from Tinga. Yeah. Oh, she's not from Tinga. She was born in Frankston, in uh-huh. Victoria. But she's 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 a Navy brat. Okay. Her dad was in the navy for for over twenty years. <laughs> navy brat. <laughs> yeah. So she, uh, that's what they call yeah, them. Yeah, no, they? Yeah, yeah, I don't want to offend anyone, but they they travel out travel around a fair bit, you know. And I think he's seen he's seen after world in the navy. Why would the navy be in Tinga? No, the navy oh, wasn't was in Tinga. Those watering holes got but, big. <laughs> but this is this is the bigger question: is why would he retire in Tinga? Oh wow! He's seen after world this this bloke, and yeah. and he wanted to retire in Tinga, so. Um, How did he know about Tinga, though? Well, I think he grew up in the area. Oh, uh, okay. A, a lot closer to Tamworth. That makes more sense. But but again, I mean, Tinga. <laughs> uh, yeah, I still I still haven't asked him <laughs> asked him why, but I'm glad he did. Yeah, of I'm course. glad he did because I got sick of kissing my cousins. <laughs> <laughs> There's the headline of this podcast, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. So where, where did you meet? How did you meet her? At school. At school. At so school. you went to school together. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I. I think I was in year six and year five when I first I, I knew about her. Yeah, it wasn't until um, she was in year eight and I was in year nine we started going out. Love it. Yeah, so we've been together since I think nineteen ninety one. Same as me and my wife. Yeah, there you go. But I was a little bit older. A <laughs> little bit. Only a little bit. She yeah. was still seventeen, so yeah, I was yeah. not not that much older. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so she come to the Gold Coast with you. Not at the time. Uh-huh. Not at the time. Um, I was still finding my feet up here. Yeah. I, I was staying with a couple of blokes um, who, who were in the same position as me in, in, in terms of coming from home. One young fellow from Lismore, one from Alstonville, uh, Tony Gray and, and Dean Allen. They were mm-hmm. my roommates for, for a few months. And Lee was pregnant. So she wanted to be around her mum yeah, and, and her dad um, and, and have baby back down back down in Inverell. Yeah. Yeah, so I come to the Gold Coast myself and found it found it quite difficult to be honest. It would have been, yeah. Very different place compared to Tinga. Um the big city, mate. Yeah. <laughs> or wasn't that very, big back then? Very, <laughs> very different, you know. Yeah. And and look the in terms of culture, the way they did things, uh, even the way they spoke, the things they wore was very, very different to what I was used to and I think the same thing um was for them, you know, they looked at me and I, I I never used to talk like this, you know. I had this real, real twang or real slang to to my. Um, it's because you've matured. Now, yeah, yeah is that what, what they call it? Matured. Yeah. That's what we like to call it. <laughs> had but a little bit of practice. Well, when in Rome, <laughs> when, it, when in Rome, you have to talk like the Romans. Indeed, mate. Yeah. I um I missed home. I missed it so much. Um, and and I and I missed I missed uh, my girlfriend. Yeah, know, of course. I, I missed Lee. So. It, I found it really, really difficult. Only, only thing that kind of uh, kept me going was was the fact that I had this great opportunity, um, and a gentleman by the name of Wes Patton um, is pretty infamous in the rugby league yeah. world. But Wes Patton, for a lot of people, you know, he's a bit indifferent. But for me, he was he was he was like an angel. You know, he, he really took took care of me, and um, he allowed me to keep keep my head in the right space. You know, because um, my 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 mind would be always wandering back home, you know, and uh, it was a little bit dangerous because there was a number of times where I just wanted to get in the car, yeah, and, and just go and, and cut loose. It's interesting how you know, certain people come into your lives that has have this effect, and they may not, no one else may ever see it or do it, but they have this effect on you that is just special to you and really ground you and make you feel like you actually should be here. Yeah, and I think yeah, you're right, but, and I don't know if they actually. No, they have that impact on you. I don't Usually know. Usually they don't. Yeah. <laughs> See, Wes, in, 
Wes is one of those guys. I, I like I call him infamous because Wes got himself into a lot of trouble. You know, a great talent, great rugby league player. Wes, Wes comes from inner Sydney, inner city Sydney. He, mm-hmm. He's from Redfern. You know, so his upbringing, um, you know, we can imagine what that looked like. A little bit different know. to Tinga. Yeah, a little bit different. <laughs> we can speculate, but um, even from Tinga, you, you hear things of, of Wes Patton, you know, the, the, the great talent he is as a rugby league player, but um, also some of the trouble that he got into yeah. um, as well. And, and he couldn't, for some reason, he couldn't leave that life behind him to be a rugby league player. Um, even when I come to the Gold Coast, he found himself in a in a bit of trouble. It's like, um, do as I say, Preston, yeah. but don't do as I do. And it, and he was amazing. He was great for me, you know, and um, really grateful that that I had, I had him come into my life, you know. So while you were at the Chargers, your baby was born. Were you there? No. <laughs> No, no, I missed I missed her birth by by one day. Oh no, she did come four days earlier. Oh, that's right. So it wasn't your fault. No, that's no, right. no. Um, has the wife forgiven you yet? Yeah, she oh, has. That's right, then. But the daughter yeah. hasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> she reminds me all the time. I'm sure she does. You yeah. weren't even there, Dad. No. <laughs> so, how long did you last on the Gold Coast? Well, I came up in late '96. Mm-hmm. Uh, played '97 in, in the under twenties. Yeah. Um, we didn't didn't do too bad that year, and that was the Chargers. They were a professional team. Yeah, yeah, well, pretty yeah. much what the Titans are. Yeah, now, at, yeah, at the time, at the time in '97, I think it was ARL. Remember the Super League That's and right, ARL. Yeah, Super League times. So they were under under the ARL banner, and they didn't do too bad that year. Actually, the mm-hmm. the um, you had Newcastle Knights and Manly in the grand final. The Knights end up winning. But you don't need to rub that in. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> But the Gold Coast Chargers actually made the semis that year, yeah, and and they did really well for themselves. And then the next year turned around in '98, and the NRL, so the ARL and the Super League joined come, together, come back together, and they formed formed the National Rugby League. And the Gold Coast Chargers were one of the teams to luckily survive. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the year I debuted in 1998, first round against the Bowman Tigers at. Do you remember the game? I try not to. <laughs> was that bad? Yeah, we got <laughs> smashed. How'd you go though? Yeah, I think I went all right. I um, made a made a number of line breaks, but I just remember thinking it's it's like, yeah, it was amazing. Nineteen ninety six, here I am playing country rugby league. Nineteen ninety eight, I'm playing playing in the on the telly. Well, yeah, Sydney comp, you know. Yeah. So it was a bit surreal for myself, um, and I think the occasion caught. Yeah, you know, I was caught up in the occasion a little bit, but. Uh, so who were the big name for the Tigers then? The Tigers at the time? Yeah. Was that still Pearson that or that was they'd be gone by then, wouldn't they, in 98? I think Pearson was there. Yeah. Shannon Nevin. Nevin, okay. Yeah, he'd come across from, from Manly to play for the, yeah. for the for the Tigers. Um I can't remember to be honest. And some of the big names in, in the Gold Coast Chargers was Scotty Sattler was there. Scotty was, yeah. Yeah, Graham McKay, um Martin Bella. Martin uh, Bella. He's a big human yeah. being, wasn't he? Jamie Goddard. Yeah. You know, so I, I remember I remember all the team that that I played alongside that year, but not too many of the opposition. How did uh, do you still catch up with those guys? Like, yeah, some it, of them. Do they kind of sort of have um, days where they all get back together again? Old boys' days. Yeah, some of them. It's really hard here on the Gold Coast because they had, have so many rugby league teams in the past. You know, <laughs> they've had the Giants, the Seagulls, the Chargers, and now the Titans. Yeah, so the old boys, the old boys um, days are pretty. Pretty, <laughs> pretty hard to hard to organise. That's fair call. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So when did you get the tap on the shoulder? 
From Sydney clubs? Well, in, at the end of 1998, again, the NRL were forming some changes, yeah. you know, and uh, teams like, uh, remember the Adelaide Rams? Yeah, yeah. And there was Perth Perth as well, wasn't Crushers there? And, 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 yeah, and Perth. The Reds, I think. Were they the Reds? Something like that. Perth team. So they went, they went from a certain amount of teams to a lesser amount yeah. of teams. And Gold Coast Chargers, unfortunately, one of those teams that... One of the casualties. Yeah, that left the competition. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how it come about or how the decision come about, but we were, we were sitting sitting in a room pre-season uh, or in the off-season expecting to go back to training and uh, somebody's come in from NRL, one of the management, and, and basically said, I'm sorry, boys, uh, but the but the team won't be, won't be in the competition next year. Oh, yeah, so we we didn't actually know until until we were going back back to training. So then you sort of see they're going out of a job. Yeah, that, that's an interesting time in your life. It, it didn't worry me all that much, mm. to be honest. I mean, it was great to play rugby league, and I saw there was an opportunity, and I only had two choices: I stay on the Gold Coast, find a job, and play some footy here, or I go back home. You know, but then then another choice came up to go to Sydney. Um, it would. As it was the last game of that season in 1998, we played against the Cronulla Sharks. Mm-hmm. And I set up three tries that night, made a couple of line breaks and um, impressed Johnny Lang. And some Good of the, man to impress. Yeah, and some <laughs> of the Sharks coaching staff. And um, I think once they knew the Gold Coast Chargers weren't going to be around anymore, got the phone call from, from the Sharks. And it wasn't just myself. There were many... Many boys in the in the um, in the team that got phone calls from different clubs. Yeah, of course. Scotty from um, got a call from the Penrith Panthers. Jamie Goddard, Andrew Andrew King. Um, I think they were Northern Eagles at the time. Mm, they were, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and he had yeah different players go to the Roosters. So it wasn't like um, all of us were out of a job. You know, I think there was like a dozen of us actually went to Sydney. Oh no. Some of us went north to to North North Queensland Cowboys, but. Um, yeah, I found myself in the Shire. Um, shire, different. I was born in the Shire, actually. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Southern, Southern Hospital. Yeah, 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 certainly was. Jaden was born in Southern Hospital. There you go. Yeah. Great, great men. <laughs> <laughs> great athletes. Yeah, Let's yeah. go that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, at this time, are you married yet? When you, when you, when are we doing the marriage thing? No, no, we're not married yet. Not married yet. No, you, not is she living up here, or is she still in Tinga? No, no. Well, we, we're we're um, living together. Yeah. Both Lee and I. We've we've got our own little unit here, Boonaroo Park. Lovely. But then the call call came from the goal, uh, the from from the Cronulla Sharks, sorry, and um, we had to make a decision: we're we going to do this, and we did it. You know, went down, signed signed for one year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a big call. It was a big call to go down. Big and change for, too. Yeah, and a big change. Very different Especially from the Gold a Coast kid as well. Very different from the Gold Coast. Yeah, and I think um, what attracted me to the Shire is that it was on the edge of the city. You know, I think if if we were to move in. And play with the rabbits or, or the or the roosters. I think I, I, I would have struggled. Yeah, you know, with the bit seat. too city yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. So the Shire was a good fit for us at the time. There's myself, uh, Lee, and 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 Taylor. Um, we moved in uh, Mildura. No, oh, sorry, Milford, Milford Road in in Cronulla, in, in Cronulla. Yeah. yeah, or in Miranda, just around the corner from the Sutherland Hospital. So um, Jeff Hardy's. Old place. He was in. He was in England playing at the time. Yeah, Jeff. So we we rented his place for a little nice. while. I remember the former Dragons player. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so your first year with the Sharks, how they they grab you with both arms, give you a big hug. Yeah. Oh, look. It, did they, did they the were fans very, like you? They were very welcoming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I I played a number of games 
off the bench for for the first grade that year. I th- when I say a number of games, I think I've only played five five games off the bench for the mm-hmm. for the NRL team. I played most of that year in in reserve grade. Okay. Yeah. And then they offered you a new contract the following year. Yeah, they offered me um, two more years. I, I I got player of the year for the reserve grade team that year, and they they were happy for me to hang around and signed two more years, two thousand and two thousand and one. Good good time of your life, mate. It was. Yeah. It was. We we were enjoying it. Um, and my cousin who was playing for the Dragons just living down the road. He he lived he lived in Southo, so that would have um, been helpful for you as well because you're a big family man. Yeah, yeah. Having, having family near you and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely very, yeah, yeah, very, very grateful for that. Now, we call him Macca, but you might know him as Nathan Blacklock. And he, he was he was big time. You yeah, know, for big the, footy stuff, yeah, wasn't he? for the Dragons at yeah, the time, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm an up-and-comer. So he was really helpful, him and, him and his little family. So you lasted how many years at the Sharks in total? I was there for four years. Okay. I was there for four years, so... And did you win? When when did you win Delhi Empire of the Year? Two thousand and one. So that was Sharks. Yeah. So was that your first year in full first grade, or second year? Yeah, it was. At the Sharks. It was. So ninety nine, I played a handful of games. Yeah. Um, in two thousand, I probably played a bit more, but I was sort of had a few injuries that year in two thousand, so I didn't play too much football at all, to be honest. Uh, it was two thousand and one. Unfortunately, Matty Matty Rogers got injured. Um, he done his knee in in off season. And that gave me that opened a opened a position. Do you still thank him to team. this day? <laughs> <laughs> but I think but it was also like you had no expectation. Like you were going into this. The whole thing is just isn't a, it? Yeah. allowing it to yeah. kind of happen. Yeah. Agree. And um, there yeah, were just in, just enjoying it at at the time. You know, I I didn't care whether I was playing. In first grade, or I was playing as long as you're playing footy and getting paid. I was playing footy and, and, and getting paid, <laughs> taking care of my family and yeah. living in the southern Shire. I mean, there's a, it's there's yeah, worse places in the world to live. Pretty pretty good spot. Yeah, pretty good spot. So it wasn't in 2001 I became an household name. So in 2001, that you're playing against obviously um, one of the best ever, which is Andrew Johns, mm. um, and you beat him to get the Dallium. Obviously, you weren't expecting to do that at the time. How's that feel? Yeah, you remember well, it? Yeah, look, it went so quick. I remember not even knowing what the Dallium was. Yeah. Yeah, because it wasn't something that um, I was exposed to, you know. Um, again, like I only just mentioned, there was really no expectations. I just played football and was enjoying it. And, you know, this fanfare just grew and grew and grew. Um, How did you handle that? Was that tough? Yeah, no, that was no problems. Yeah. That was no problems because I, the way I... I'd, I kind of treated that was just just be myself. You know, I'm a, I'm a boy from the country. I'm more than happy to have a yarn with people. Yeah, give people my time, um, and it was never any trouble for me. I think I think people actually got sick of me spending <laughs> spending so much time with them. You know, so you can go now. Yeah, that's that, that's the secret. The balance. Yeah, isn't that's it? the secret. <laughs> so they'd see me walking down the street, and um, they'd wave out to me. And and that was it. It got to that point, you know. Yeah. Where in the beginning, they'd see me across the across the uh, street, and they'd run across and they'd want photos and autographs. But by by my um, by the end of my time at the Cronulla Sharks, I was just part of the furniture. So when that first started, like the fact that you're just a, a young bloke from the country, and like someone actually coming up to you and saying, "Can I have your autograph, please?" Is yeah. that is, is it, it weird? Yeah, it is a bit strange. Yeah, 
It is a bit strange. And you go, like, like, who, me? Why, why do you want yeah. my autograph <laughs> or a photo with me? Is that that sort of feel? Yeah. Even even stranger because, like, I didn't get I didn't sign my name that much growing up. You yeah. Know? And as you know, my name's Thomas. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm signing Thomas. I have to sign anything official. I've got to sign Thomas. I still do. But Preston um, wasn't a name I signed a lot of. And it changed three or four times. The auto? Yeah. So we go back to the early autos, the ones yeah. worth the money. Is that what it is? I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're too when long. When did it change to Preston? Like, or was that just as a kid you started I grew up. I grew up as, as Preston. As Preston. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. You'd have to ask my, my parents how that came about. But you, you've never been known really as Thomas? No. Yeah, okay. No. Uh, first time I knew my name was Thomas was when I was in year four. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah it's it's interesting. A, so I love this sort of stuff. I've got a merit certificate. <laughs> and you're going, for, it's the wrong kid's reading, name. <laughs> for good reading in, in year four. And yeah. they called Thomas Campbell and I'm looking for Thomas. Yeah. Who's that? Yeah. You're going to get called that when you're in trouble my cousins, now. My cousins and friend found out the same thing in high school. I think it was in year eight. Oh, I, really? Yeah, I got an, I got an award for um, something in sport. And yeah. They called Thomas Campbell and when I jumped up, they pulled me back down <laughs> to say, get down. I said, no, that's me. So they didn't actually know my name was Thomas until, until we were teenagers. Well, I reckon a lot of people, until they listen to this, won't know your no. name's actually Thomas. So no. apologies if you didn't want that out there, but it is. No, it's, it, it's all right, mate. It's, it's all, all good. Right. It's all good. So in, in 2001, <laughs> you win the Dalian Player of the Year, and that obviously takes you to the next level from a football point of view. Does When do the Panthers come knocking? Um... Well, what happened? What is that when you left Cronulla? Obviously, went Cronulla straight to Penrith. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, two thousand and one was when I got Dalian. Yeah, I, I still had. I still after that year, um, Cronulla had signed me for two more years. Uh huh. And I was meant to be there in two thousand and two and two thousand and three, and two thousand two just it, it wasn't a good year for me, and I just didn't feel like. I was a good fit at the club. Mm-hmm. They really wanted me there, but I just couldn't. I don't know. I, I just in this mindset where it was just a real struggle to be there. And um, I only mentioned expectations before, where in the beginning there was none. Um, now you've got a heap because you just won best player in the yeah. in the country. It must be tough. And then some decisions that were made outside of my control kind of kind of had me thinking that I'm not going to be able to. Um, reach these expectations, you know, the ones that the, the fans and the club have put on me, but the ones that I also put on myself. So, yeah, of course. Um, Cronulla, I, I love Cronulla. I love the fans. You know, my time there, I, I loved it so much. It was just that one year I, I struggled a little bit and um, Johnny Lang had, had already gone across to Penrith, so his last year was 2001. Um and he started out the Penrith Panthers in 2002. Mm-hmm. And I think once once they caught wind that I wasn't happy there at Cronulla, um, they got me got me over there, over the Penrith Panthers. So you started there in 03? 03 was my first year, yeah. <laughs> and you won the Premiership? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was a better feeling, the Premiership win or Dally M? Premiership. Yeah. Definitely. And oh, look, it's, 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 it's very different, you know, because... I didn't really understand or appreciate what the Daly M was all about. Yeah, okay. But it's saying that um, if I if giving back the Daly M meant that I won a premiership at the Sharks, I'd take the premiership. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, very, very, very different feelings, you know. And you have to think um, 
I was a different person. My mindset um, and the way I was, I was looking at the world was very, very different as well. Um, when I won in 2003, I probably underappreciated that as well because I was in a bit of a struggle at the time. Not many people know that um, I was mentally ill mm-hmm. at the time um, from 2002 up until maybe 2006. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was a real struggle for me at the time. And did you get help? I did. I did. And it was Johnny Lang that, that got me got me that support, got yep. me that help. Yeah, that's not something, like it's well documented. Yeah. It's not something I talk speak a lot about these days. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, um, I was more than happy to talk about it. But I'm in a space now where I like to talk more about how I was able to come through that, you know, where a lot of a lot of what I was talking about was was it, you know, talking about yeah. how I was feeling and why I was feeling that way, because um, it was yeah, it was it was very very difficult, very very difficult. And I tell people looking back now and understanding the situation was in I was in, a lot of it come down to my ego. Mm-hmm. I, I let it get out of control. Um, you know, you talk about those expectations. It's like um, I was just playing rugby league. In the beginning, it was all about my family, and it was all about taking care of my family, um, and then it just turned into all about Preston, you know. And but when people tell you all the time you're the greatest, you're the best, you're this, you're that, you start and you start to believe it. That's got to be bad for your mental health. Yeah, well, it's it's hard. It's mm. it's hard to manage it. I mean, it's 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 there, and and it can be managed, but nobody tells you, nobody tells you that sort of stuff. You know, I mean. You There's no book written to say no. this is how you deal with it, is there? Yeah. You know, if you're a young fella that doesn't come from from a lot, um, and and then all of a sudden you got this, it's really, really, really difficult to be able to manage that. You know. So um, at the time I struggled with it. You know, I mean, I was in denial a little bit about when, where, where I. Oh, what am I trying to say? The part I played in it all, yeah, yeah. you know, because I, I blamed a lot of people and made a lot no. of excuses. You know, I hated the world. I hated the world. Like I was Dalian Player of the Year, best player. In, this is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I was best player in 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 uh, in the competition, number one. Um, and now, you know, midway through 2002, I'm sitting on the bench for reserve grade. Yeah, you know, so it was a fall from grace, and here I am sitting on the bench, just hating the world. You know, so to be in a place like that, I struggled with it. But also back then, is people didn't speak either. No, they didn't. They struggled about it. I yeah. mean, because your blokes are like, don't talk about that sort of stuff. And the issue has always been there. It's yeah. always been in the game. It's always been in society. But um, yeah, no one really spoke about it mm. at the time. You know, rugby league in particular. I think it wasn't until two thousand and thirteen, and this is when I really started telling my story around mental health. Yeah, two thousand and thirteen. Unfortunately, we lost two young boys to suicide, and it was just big. It was big because um, these are up and comers, you know. One of them was going to be captain for Australia one day. Um, North Queensland Cowboys and um, from uh, West Tigers, you know. One day they're here, they're, and next they're next gone. Not, yeah. Under twenties players, and that really, you know, put a shockwave through through the competition. And it wasn't until then because the public. Or the or the rugby league, rugby league public, really really looked to their NRL to to do something about it, you know. And it was only the first that was the first time the game has thrown us out into the ring to to talk about mental health. 
and they were searching for people. They were searching for people to to share their story, and I I didn't know how how to feel about it, but I put my hand up, and yep. that was when I started telling my story in 2013, and my issue started in 2002 or late 2001. So it took me that long to actually realise um, when it comes to mental health that there's a bigger issue. Oh, here. mate, it's, it's unbelievable. Because if you can imagine somebody like myself, I'd, I'd worked and had the support and got to a point where I can manage it and I'm, I'm happy. But you just focus on your own life and you don't realise that this is a big issue. It wasn't until 2013 I realised... Um, how big this thing, mental health is. Yeah, it's, it's interesting for someone. I've gone through it as well, and and to come out the other side and then actually see what how big this is across the board, uh, a lot more needs to be done. Mm. Like a lot's being done now, but it's still at the same time a lot more, more still needs to be done, and, and people just need to know it ain't weak to speak. Like, it's well, imagine, um, imagine how many people out there like like myself who yeah. who, are, who are happy, who've been through something, who are happy, um, and but can. Make such a big difference in that space. Oh, without doubt. I mean? Sharing stories, I've found, is, is one of the most powerful ways to, to, to you know, bring this to the front or forefront, and and being able to yarn to it. Unfortunately, uh, only times I get involved in in that sort of conversation now is af- after somebody's taken their yeah. life, you know, and it's. Yeah, it's it's not a way to be dealing with this. No, we need to be upfront about it and and to the point. I um, the reason I started this podcast three and a half years ago was to get people to tell their stories. Yeah, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, who cares? Let's mm. just tell our stories. Let's get out there and actually speak about this stuff. And I think it, it gives people a platform to do that. And I think there needs to be a lot more of that out there mm. personally. But the the fact that sort of um, you got through it, which is awesome because you're still with us, which is amazing. Mm. But at the same time, there's a lot of people who didn't. And, uh, and that's the thing. And that's the sad part about yeah. the whole thing with mental health. I think now it's being recognised a lot more, and uh, which is a good thing. Oh, look, we got to continue to work on it. Like mm. I, I struggle. I want. I, I, I won a two, uh, premiership in two thousand and three with the Penrith Panthers. Yeah, I love the club. Mm-hmm. I love the club, but I struggle to go back there. I, I haven't put my finger on it because that's where your head was in a bad place. Yeah, do you and, think? I, and I struggle. You know. Um, you speak to somebody like Scotty Sattler, you know, Penrith were great for taking care of their former players, always inviting us to different things. Yeah. Um, and as you can imagine, or you see the last few years. Yeah, they've been doing <laughs> some, some great stuff. And, yeah, yeah. And I would love to be there to support them and, and be a part of it all, but I, I just struggled going back there. I struggled going back there, you know. And, yeah. It, Is that because it puts you back in a place where you were at a low? You don't have to go back to that place. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think so. And there's so, nothing against the people of Penrith no, or no, the fans or anything no. else. It's actually where you are mentally. That's yeah, what, that's all. That's what it is. It? I mean, and, and a lot of people at the time didn't realise I was going through. There's only only three people that knew what I was what I was struggling with, you know. And um, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Again, I'd love to get back there and support where I can, um, because there is some great memories there. But it's just that one. That one that just keeps keeps, keeps me keeps biting me on the bum. From there, yeah. yeah. So during all this time, two thousand three, we married yet? No, <laughs> no. We're going to keep going until we get married. So how long were we at uh, Penrith for? Four years. Four years at Penrith. Four years. So I think I fell one game short of a hundred. So played ninety nine games there. Good man. Um, and it was. 
<laughs> it's a pretty special team, a lot like Cronulla. Yeah. You know, I, I had the privilege of playing alongside guys that grew up in, in the area in Cronulla, mm-hmm. you know, so a lot of them were local juniors and a lot like Penrith, a lot of local juniors, they, they love playing alongside each other. And I was um, one of maybe maybe five people that externally come in and we've come into this system that's um, got so much talent in it. You know, and I, I, I felt so lucky, um, privileged to be a part of it at the, at the time because, and I don't think they realised how skillful, how talented they were, uh, the Penrith Panthers. Um, and in 2003 showed how talented they, they were. But um, looking back now, you know, we probably should have won more premierships yeah. with, the, with the team that we had. It was a pretty special team, right? It was, it was. And once you once you sort of at the end of that stint... Do you know when you're ready to go from that, like, let's say Penrith? So you're finishing up at Penrith four years later and do you get a tap on the shoulder again or how's this next move go? Well, I always wanted to come back to the Gold Coast. Because that would have been just as they first come back in, wouldn't it? Yeah, so 2000 and 2006, I think they got the, the nod mm-hmm. to come back into the comp in 2007 and Scotty Sattler rang me in 2006 and he said, we're in. Because uh, they've been working so hard yeah. the previous years to get the uh, team back in the comp, and when they're in, um, I found out in two thousand and five. Sorry, two thousand and five, they they got the nod, um, but there is just one year that I needed to get past because I was only signed for three years at Panthers, um, and Mick Leary at the time he was the CEO, um, said we'll give you one more year, mate. <laughs> to fill that fill that gap, fill the gap, nice. Uh, and 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 they were happy for me to go 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 back to the Gold Coast. I mean, they said they were happy about me going <laughs> back to the Gold Coast, but um, very appreciative of the fact that they were able to sign me for that gap year. You know, um, and I enjoyed my time at Penrith. Um, my I do have a regret. Um, my one regret is that you know we didn't reach our potential. Yeah, as a team, you know, I mean they're doing a great job there now. Um, I thought they'll be in the grand final for the next oh, six years the way they're going. Yeah, they're, they're an amazing <laughs> team, aren't they? So, um, so during that time, when was Jaden born? He was in Cronulla, wasn't he? Sorry, yeah, he was born in two thousand. Jaden, two thousand. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so now you moved to from Cronulla to Penrith, two different, completely parts of the world. Now yep. back up to the Gold Coast. Yeah. Again, Penrith, Penrith, um, being on the outskirts of Sydney, mm-hmm. um, we really enjoyed it out there. On the Nepean River, it uh, fresh water. Beautiful. It's more more my go. Yeah, yeah. So I enjoyed it out there. People asked me what what was better. Uh, none was better. They were just very different. Yeah. You know, I, and I, I enjoyed both of them. Um, both both places give me and my family a lot of opportunity. So um, loved them both. But then come back to the Gold Coast, it was very very different as well. And so you come back. Do you feel like you were home when you come back to the Gold Coast? I did. Yeah. I did. I did. It was a lot lot bigger. Yeah. There was a lot more people here, but I did feel like I was back home. So was that was about a ten year gap, eight year gap or something? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I think it was. Big change a lot of changes up uh, here in eight years, doesn't it? ninety eight was the last season and two thousand and seven was the first oh, so nine season years, yeah. up, yeah. So it's um and then the Gold Coast Titans kicked off. Preston Campbell's in the starting team. First game back. Yep. First um, game against the St George Dragons up in Suncorp. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, very cool. And then, how long did you stay with the Titans? I was there for five years. And then, when 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 are we thinking during this time? Oh, I'm going to retire this year. 
I've had enough. I'm going to retire this year. Was it after one year or three years or four years? No, well, look, it was one of those things, and this is, this is something that I carry with me all the time now. There was a gentleman there by the name of Billy Johnston, mm-hmm. and Billy Johnston... One of the fittest men ever. Yeah, and, and people <laughs> might tell you he's, he's a real mongrel when it comes to training. Yeah. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's tough, but he's fair, Billy. Um, he doesn't know this, but I actually thought about retiring after the first week of training because it was... The first that, week of the first year? Yeah. <laughs> and if you, you ask my wife, if you ask Lee, um, we sat down and had a conversation. I said to her, I said, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I was almost gone. Because of Billy. Because of Billy Johnson. Oh, it, was so, it was so tough, you know. And there was a casualty there. I, went, I can't even remember his name, actually. He was an Englishman who played for the Newcastle Knights. What was his name? I can't, um, I can't remember his uh. name. But he played on the wing. And he was meant to be playing for the Gold Coast Titans. He came for one session. And that was it. And he, and he finished up. Must have been a big session. Yeah. <laughs> Lots he, of people throwing up in buckets. And look, <laughs> really, he, he, yeah, he was well-renowned as being one of the toughest, toughest trainers. But he knew his stuff. Yeah. Billy, he knew the limits of the body, but he also knew what was important for it. So he was big on nutrition. Um, not so much on supplements. He, mm-hmm. he saw there was value in it, but... Um, he was all about nutrition and eating really well, and that's something that I carry with me um, still to this day. You know, taking care of your body, whether it's recovery or whether it's um, prep preparation, yep. it's so important in in keeping keeping your body in not just in shape but keeping it healthy. So he knew that then. Mm. Now with all the science and all the stuff that, and obviously you're seeing this through Jaden and that as well now. Like, do you think it's too much now? Do you think uh, they go too? In depth, like you can only do this many sprints because that'll do that to your hamstring. All the, you know, all this sports science. Do you think it's the old school's better than the new school? I just say it's different. Yeah, it's very, very different. And again, I think the the most fundamental thing is remembering that the diet and then basics that Billy taught me is around making sure you stretch, mm-hmm. make sure your eyes, and make sure you get plenty of sleep, drink plenty of water, and eat well. Those things that. Um, I think sometimes we underestimate, especially being a young person. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Jaden now because yeah. he's quite frustrating. Um, <laughs> and, like, I, I was a lot smaller than, than a lot of players. So there's things I needed to do. And people don't actually know I, I done extra training outside of training because that's what I needed to do just to keep up. Yeah. You know, so. Is um, that what, physically? Physically. Yeah, okay. Just to physically physically keep up, you know. So um, I'd. I do extra training outside the normal normal training, and, and now I see Jaden. Um, he can't even stretch. He can't even touch his toes. This guy, <laughs> you know what I mean. So there's there's real value in in sports science. Yeah, and then there's real sp- uh, value in in the way things were done back in the old days. But I I think if if you can if you can b- combine them and and respect both what both can bring to you. Um, you know, it, you'll be better for it. And it's one of those things. Um, nutrition, for example, Jaden, not very nutritious, <laughs> and that's the thing with young young people. It's all they, fast food. They mate. can get away with it. Yeah. They can get away with it. Metabolism, you know? and it's this mentality that, um, yeah, I'm going to eat this, but I'm going to be training anyways. I'll train yeah. it off. But what they don't realise is um, some of this food that they're in the longer term take, effects. Is yeah, taking be in. The it's not going to build their muscles. It's not going to um, have the right nutrients for their for their muscles and ligaments and bones. So is this where you get the eye roll? Yeah, Dad, whatever. 
Yeah, yeah and look, I, I, fi- I figured early on, I figured early on he, he's not going to listen to me. And yeah. that, that's all right. That's fine. But so long as he's listening to somebody. Yeah, no, that's fair call. Yeah. So we've made the decision to retire. Are we married yet? Um, when did I retire? Yes. Yeah. Hey, when yeah. did we get married? 2010. 2010. Yeah, so and she finally said yes. Did you get down on one knee? <laughs> um, no. Do you remember asking? Yeah, I do. Where did you do that? Here on the Gold Coast. Yeah. <laughs> was it romantic? No, it wasn't Wasn't really on that because it, <laughs> it was my third attempt. Oh, okay. She it knocked you back time. twice. Knocked me back twice. She wasn't a big believer in, in marriage. Yeah. In fact, she probably wouldn't have get, got married if I didn't organise it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. It was a big year. It was. was. Like first year All-Stars too. It was, yeah. It was a big year. Mm. Oh, so yeah. that, yeah, but that was going to be my next question actually. So you retire and then decide it'd be a really good idea to create the Indigenous All-Stars. Well, the All-Stars come about um, in 2010. Was it so the year before, year? was it? Yeah. So oh, okay. The, the idea's been floating around for a long time to have this All-Indigenous team versus, versus team. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter what it was. 2008, it was the multi team. Uh, so it was like a was that the Dreamtime team? That's it. Yeah. World Cup opener for because uh, we acted World Cup here in Australia in two thousand and eight, and they decided it'd be a great way to welcome all the teams to yeah to Australia. And uh, the guys that weren't picked in the Australian team or or New Zealand or any other Pacific Pacifica teams um, played for the multi team, and it was just a great experience. You know, we we saw. Um, the haka, they saw our war dance. And yeah, there was it was so much beauty in that. But not just that; it's like after the game, you know, we were thanking each other. You know, thanks for the opportunity, and the fans were really, really happy that they got to experience. And um, a number of us got together and thought, "This is this is great. You know, this needs to happen again." Um, and as I mentioned, the the idea of having an all indigenous teams been floating around for a long time, but at this level. Um, they didn't think there'd be any chance. Um, and, you know, put a proposal together and um, some people in, in, in higher places, you know, worked really, really, really hard to get through. And um, I think with the with the louder voices of people like John Thurston, Jonathan Thurston, Greg Inglis, Sam Tide, Scotty Prince, really helped it over the line. Good team. Because they, <laughs> they didn't get an opportunity to play in that Dreamtime team because they were playing for Australia. Yeah, okay. You know, so um, they that was another thing. They wanted to experience what we experienced. Yeah. Experience. Um, so their voice helped, helped get, get it over the line in 2010 was an inaugural All-Stars against, um, against the NRL All-Stars. And that wasn't just Aussies either, was it? No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, it was everyone in the NRL. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the NRL decided um, be a great idea around inclusion, which was which was great. Yeah, of course. Which was great, but that idea didn't last all that long. Um, I think we just found that, and we can feel it as players from the Indigenous All Stars team that, um, even though we were really grateful that they they put this team together, they just didn't. They didn't have the same reasons yeah. to play the game. So it's not like I've been picked from a country. Yeah. It's um Yeah, it's yeah. very, very, very different. So when it when the when the game got a little bit tight or when they needed to put their body on the line, they were a little little more reluctant about doing that. And mm-hmm. and we could see the game start to sort of the, the quality of the game sort of come down a little bit. Um and then we just decided 
there needed to be a bit of an injection and then the Maldives come along again, you know, where it all started. That's one of the best games of the year. Yeah. yeah so are you still involved was, in that? Yeah, a little bit involved. You know, I, I try to take a bit of a bit of a step back, you know, mm-hmm. because it's, it's the people's game. You know, I, I just enjoy watching it. Yeah. Now, I just enjoy being being a part of it. I saw that one of the things I love when uh, when you're at the Titans game and you see you're just up in the crowd and uh, it's just a dad watching his boy play footy. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favourite things because you could obviously sit wherever you want in that stadium, yeah. but you're not in the crowd just watching your kid play footy. Yeah. I love it. And, and that's, that's what Linda comes about. up with us in the box. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, Let's go and get a sneaky drink. Oh, I can yeah. come and say, say hello. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll do that next time yeah. for sure. <laughs> so now it must be really interesting, though, sitting back watching your kid play professional footy because um, he's not the biggest human ever either. Um, obviously, he was uh, very lean, let's put it that way. Mm. Is that something that you and your missus were concerned about when he got called up so early? Oh, I can't speak on behalf of Lee, but yeah. it's not something I was really concerned about. I suppose um, you, you did it as a little fella too, didn't you? Yeah. 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 I mean, look, I I see value in being a small person. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you, you, you grow this type of instinct. You know, you have to avoid the, the heavy hits. And it's one of those things that um, I learned early on in my career is that um, it's it's about not trying to not get hit. You're going to yeah. get hit, but it's about avoiding that, that full-on contact, you know. So I think once once I got that in my head, I was able to find, um, you know, different drills, uh, do different types of training that allowed me to work on my footwork, just, just so it become more instinctive. Um, so when the time did come, I was able to avoid those big, big contacts, you know. Don't get me wrong, um, I got smacked. Smacked every now and again, but it was usually because I, I couldn't see him. I didn't see yeah, him yeah. coming. The blind spots. But any any anybody that was there, um, if it wasn't if it wasn't my choice just to run straight into him, um, very rarely did I get smacked. You know, and that's what a lot of people don't realise is that um, we condition our bodies, we can condition our brain to be able to um, to survive. Really, <laughs> it's a survival instinct. Yeah, yeah. And and it, is that something he's listened to you about? I think. Well, he, <laughs> I think he's got more of an instinct of me. I, I, I don't think I've had to tell him. Yeah, he's okay. had to grow, grow his own instinct, you know, and find his own way in, the, in that that space. And you look, we're we're very happy for him. You know, all he's wanted to be is a rugby league player. How hard is it not to try and coach him? Because I find that now, I coach my kids' basketball teams. I quit after like three or four years just because <laughs> I can't do it. I can't tell him, mate, you're doing this wrong because yeah, he doesn't okay. listen to me anyway. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I have them, I'd rather spectate and watch now. Yeah, well, that's 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 the same as me. Because <laughs> I know he doesn't listen to me anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I've, I've never coached Jaden. Uh-huh. I've never coached him. But I always say, especially at the level he is now, if he's not going to be successful, there's something going on. Yeah. Because he's got so many people around him. Not not just him, but the other players. If he's not, and as an individual player, if he's not growing, um, there's something going on, you know. And he doesn't he doesn't need me to be there in his ears. Um, you got people that have been coaches for years, yeah, and they they know what they're talking about. I was a rugby league player. Um, sometimes the best rugby league players don't be, become good coaches. Oh, of course, you know. So um, I've kept the distance, and and it's worked out. Now he's enjoyed it. And I've enjoyed it. That's not to say if he comes to me, um, I'll, I'll I'll give him my yeah of course your yeah, thoughts on it yeah I'll give him my <laughs> thoughts but again at the end of the day it's 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 his career yeah it's his career and you know, um, I often wonder how he how he handles the fact that um, he's 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 my son you know and 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 that's got to put pressure on him yeah mm-hmm. I, well I don't know so we haven't actually spoken about it mm-hmm. 
But um, like as a dad, as Jaden Campbell's dad, yeah, um, you know, I'm more than happy to be known as Jaden Campbell's dad. Um, you know, so definitely, yeah. And <laughs> obviously, he's been injured. He yeah. got, his, he got. His, is that the biggest injury he's had? It is. Yeah, How does that yeah. make you feel when that happens? You're watching and you sit there, and go, ooh, that's yeah. Not obviously, you worry about him because there's, there's a lot more to it. You know, mm. it's, it's a, the mental. Yeah, you know, he, that's his livelihood. He wants to play rugby league, um, but then you also think. I don't know, this, this might be a little, I don't, I don't know what the word to use, but, you know, sometimes you, this stuff needs to happen for you to be able to appreciate yeah. what position you're oh, in. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so, when you know, we're talking about um, the importance of taking care of yourself. Yeah. Hopefully he, he sees value in the stuff that, 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 he's been to, um, that I've been speaking to him about, like stretching, drinking water. Because the injury that he got was a, what they call a non-contact injury. A you non-contact. Know. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he wasn't even actually – he had the ball um, and he was stepping and um, he – and I didn't know, he'd previously had trouble with his knee. Okay. And it makes me wonder whether whether he'd actually done everything to, to ensure that it was going to be close to 100% yeah. at least, you know. So he stepped and now he's, you know, sublax, I think they call it, um, dislocated patella, mm-hmm. kneecap. Torn meniscus in chip femur. My uh, son did the exact same injury. Yeah. Uh, 16 years old, but he also broke his arm at the same time. Oh, wow. On the same side of his body. Is he riding a motorbike or something? No, he's playing basketball. Depends wow. who you talk to, because he told me he was going out for a big reverse layup. Oh, okay. One of the other boys said he tripped over his own feet. <laughs> but it, uh, yeah, but he did the same thing. His knee, <laughs> his dislocated his knee, yeah. Um, damaged that and then and broke his arm at the same time. So how's, how's he going with the knee? Yeah, he's good now. He um, it's been a year now, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he goes he goes fine. Yeah, There's no no issues there at all. I think um, in terms of recovery, uh, men- mentally it yeah. took a longer time yeah. than I think he expected. Yeah, I but can. you could see him playing. He always stepped back a little bit, and it's like, mate, when you realise that you're actually not going to hurt it, you'll actually go full strength again. I think that mm. took a little bit longer, but um, obviously completely different level of. Um, a physio and all that sort of stuff that he got compared to what professional athletes will get. But yeah. at the same time, it's the mental thing. That's yeah, so well, true. That, that's true. I mean, you, you look at some of the, the the medical that they have access to. It's um, pretty impressive. Yeah, and they, they're back a lot earlier than, yeah. you know, like us folks, you know, the general public. <laughs> um, and that's one of the privileges of being a rugby league player is that you have that available to you as well. But um, there's one thing having it available to you, and it's, and it's another thing making them making the most of it, you know. So, and this is a, this is the thing. I, and it's not just him that I think about. I think about all the young young people that um, are coming through the competition, whether they're a man or a woman. These are the little things that make a big difference in in uh, your footy career, in or or your sporting career, you know, or even in even in business. Those those little things that tell you apart from it. And the fact that I I done extra training. I took care of my buddy. Yep. Meant that I hung around for 14 years. There were players out there more talented than me, a lot bigger than me, more athletic than me, that um, took that for granted. Well, 14 years is a long career in a contact yeah. sport. That's, yeah. that's massive. Where'd you two meet? How'd this happen? Uh. Well, I think... <laughs> I mean, for those listening, I'm talking only Linda and Preston there. I don't know. We kind of just... It was no coincidence. We um, had come together um, in an industry that I wasn't even like a part of or really interested in, um, but it's just something that's kind of happened and grown. And so this was part. It was at Titans for tomorrow. Is that what it was yeah, called? Yeah. So I um, 
took a position with Titans as their Indigenous Programs Manager and um, because that was the same year as um, All Stars. So, uh-huh. so Presto was still playing It was then. 2010, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was 2010. So we um, uh, met through All Stars and then I'd gone on to um, take a position in a organisation that I really had no connection with but knew I had to be there. Um, and it's about acknowledging opportunities when they come up. Yeah, and for sure. That there's no coincidence in that and, and, and doing your best um, while you're in that role and things happen for a reason and you either roll with it or you don't. Mm. Um, or if you try to control it too much is often when it falls apart. Yeah, for uh, sure. So there's a, there's a part where you just need to... Um, Take the direction that's uh, come in front of you and know that it's there for a reason um, and making the most of that and, you know. It's amazing how these together things... together now. Like. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how during that time and that whole sort of Titans time around that 2010 sort of mark, how many different people came out of there. Yeah. And there were people that they got to, like Amy Shark was there. Yeah. You got like all these other people who have gone on and done all these wonderful things were all based in that building. Interesting, yes. isn't it? Yes. And um, I, I bet you no one's ever looked back and go, "Oh, where are all those?" And then like the, the amount of people and what some of the stuff they've done is pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. Now that you say that, it, it is pretty impressive. I mean, it's been such a long time since then. Yeah. And so much has happened. Thirteen years between then, you know. So it's probably a good idea that we, we should we do that. Maybe catch up. <laughs> maybe a reunion. Can Amy to sing? She still owes you a song, doesn't she? Linda? Oh, mate. I, I, and she knows this when I see her. Um, I actually had to take a gig um, uh, to do a welcome at a son's game because yep. I knew she was actually performing <laughs> there. And I hit her up in the back and went, the things Where's I got to do. Right? Things I got to do to get a hug from you. You're like the, you know, you're the great, un, great unhuggable these days. Um, but, you know, she's still the same. And if I get the chance to see her, it's great. And. Yeah, I uh, am still waiting for my song. Yeah, and we'll, she we'll knows put that, that out there so too. Anyone that uh, sees her, they can say. So anyone so that sees Amy wet. Shark, we need only Linda's song. Please. Yeah, still that's, waiting. That's still waiting. <laughs> um, you're also a bit involved now in women's rugby league. Yes. And obviously, the women's rugby league games change completely over the years, it and has. it's amazing. The Gold Coast Titans win the grand final. Um, Done better than the men's, if yeah, I yeah. They have, yeah. <laughs> let's, <not go> <laughs> let's say different. Eh? <laughs> Different. Let's say different. It's a different game. Yeah, yeah. It's a completely different game. <laughs> Women but are going to save the game. I'll tell you what, the quality of football is unbelievable. Yes. Like, I have to say that. Some of the hits and just even the, the way, um, the skill level over since, what, three or four years ago when it first started, the NRLW, has just gone massively. It's, it's unbelievable. And, like, hats off to the Gold Coast Titans girls because whoever's done that has done an amazing job. Mm. So, there's yeah. um, you, you went into camp with them a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, so, well, I, I went into camp with the um, PM's team that okay. has just um, gone to PNG. Yeah. And I've been into camp with the Jillaroos as well as the All-Stars women. Um, and whenever they're around, there's also the GEMS program. So I'll go into camp for that and just so connect and support the girls and honestly just create a safe environment because... When it comes to league, I've got no idea. I can't give them any advice on that. Yeah. Um, but what I can do is create like a cultural safety 
um, and connect with everyone and try to give, you know, just that sense of safety within a industry that can kind of get away from you. Yeah, 100%. And um, you can, yeah, you can lose control, um, literally almost, like, because you've got the support team that tells you what to do at every minute of the day, what you're eating, what you're drinking, how you're training, how you recover, like everything is so managed that often you just see people that lose themselves because yeah. they're so controlled by everything that's going on. The game. Yeah. It's interesting. So the NRL, Presto, are you still doing any work with those guys? Not as much. Because you were going away for a bit and yeah, going out n- towns Yeah, not as much. Like uh, look, I've, I've been out of the game now since 2011. That's when mm. I've hung the boots up and um, just been in the community since then, you know. And I've just been on a journey trying to figure out what it is that I want to do. But what I know right now is that I love working with people, uh, working for people um, and in this space. Big focus on well-being, you know, whether it's physical, whether it's mental and um, just sort of starting to delve into the spiritual side of things now. How's that going? Yeah, it's very interesting, eh? It's very interesting. I, um, yeah, I was never one. <laughs> Why are you chuckling? Oh, oh. no, because we've <laughs> both been like just <laughs> swept up in their stuff. And that oh, wow. Yeah, and just, just understanding it, you know, growing, yeah. growing up, somebody talked to you about spiritual. I'm like, what do you mean, you know? And um, now you're starting to feel certain things and understand stand what it is, um, you see real value in it. And, and you're looking for more. You yeah. know? So you open yourself up to it. But the NRL, I haven't done too much with them for a while. I think it's just the space that I'm in at the moment. You know, I'm you know, um, just trying to figure out what it is I want to Find do. Find them presto. Yeah. I want to, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I've been doing this again f- since 2011 yeah. when... 2023 now, so 12 years I've been doing this for, and um, you know, I, I don't know what what they say. Seven, eight years is time for time for a bit of a change. Mate, so cycles, isn't it? Yeah. The whole world goes in cycles. I'm, seven, I'm going eight years. way past that. You know, <laughs> so still I just, cycling. I'm still figuring out what I want to do. You know, yeah. Annie and I were talking on the way here. Maybe I do a bit of study. I don't know. Maybe I go into business. I, I don't know, Brett. I don't know. So um, all I know at the moment is that. You know, I just love love sitting down and, and, and yarning, you know. I, just those little things that I think that we underestimate the importance of. Oh, for sure. For sure. Would you ever get into commentating? Um, Do you love the game? I love the game. Yeah. I, I love watching it. I love love observing. Yeah. But I, I respect the game. Yeah, okay. I respect the game. I'm, I'm not one of those people to sit on the couch um, and yell and scream and... and Tell people that well, they've I don't done think wrong. Yell and scream at anything, would but you? referees, <laughs> you know, whether they're making decisions or whatnot, yeah. you know, it's a bit different story from my wife and my daughter. I'm sure. Uh, I, you ask them, I do not lo- like watching rugby league with them. I do not. It's, um, but they're very passionate. Yeah, of course. They're more, they're more than happy to express their feelings around it all. But um, I, I guess being a, being a former player, I, I understand. Um, I understand what it feels like to when you make a mistake. I know what it understand. Uh, understand what it feels like when, when you get a penalty blown against you, um, and forty thousand people are screaming yeah, at you. Yeah, so <laughs> plus I, your wife and daughter. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of your some of your big, biggest critics, but yeah, you know, it's um, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's yeah. a beautiful thing. You know, rugby league's one of those things that um, 
bring so many people together. It doesn't matter the background. And, you know, that's, that's been going on for eons, you know. Not rugby league. Yeah, sport. But, but sport. It's been able to bring people together. And um, you know, that's a big part of why All Stars was creative. We saw the value in rugby league, bringing people together and then hopefully bring around some understanding of, of, of the country that we're living in or the people that we're living around. Yeah, it's a, it's an amazing thing, sport. How it can bring people yeah. together and can change change the tone of things as well. Mm. It can it can sort of break down communities. It can help communities. It can do a whole pile of stuff, which is uh, pretty amazing. Do you get back to uh, the way you were born much? Not not as much as I used to. Yeah, not as, not as much. So as mum and dad are still there, did you say? Mum and dad still yeah. there. Yeah. Well, dad 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 lives in Inverell. Mum lives in Tinga. Yeah. But um, not not as much as I used to. Not as much as I used to. I. I I used to get back there, and I love getting back. Um, unfortunately, that we we've had a had a number of losses back home, yeah. so and s- some pretty significant. I mean, everybody's significant. Every life's significant, but in terms of my family, significant family members, mm. and it just feels different. It feels a little bit little bit emptier when I go back home, and I, I'm just not ready to go back there yet. Just well. Spiritually, maybe because you're moving forward now, you're not moving back. Yeah, that's a that's yeah, a real yeah. key thing that I learned is the fact that as you start moving forward, the things that happened in the past happen in the past, or whatever that is. But now you've got to try and get there. Like where you're going, who knows? Yeah, but yeah. you're still moving forward. I uh, look, I, lo- I I do see myself back there one day if I can talk lean to going back there. She, um, I, I I don't know what I don't know what it is, um, but I love to move back there and and you know maybe retire someday and. Just spend time with my family. Well, you can become the mayor. Yeah, well, you never know. Hey, <laughs> you can see them they're running council. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been away from home since uh, since nineteen ninety six. You know, so it's it's a long time to be be away from your family, even though it's just down the road. Yep. I think um, when it comes to somebody like myself, or just human beings in general, if we if we're a, a long way from our from our family, from our connection, um, you, know, you you miss that. Yeah, you do. In the beginning, it was, it was hard. You know, I cried myself to sleep for almost six months mm. to to go back home. Um, it gets easier; the feeling subsides, but you still miss home. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, mate. This is one to be one of the best chats that I've had. I really appreciate you as a human being. I got some questions in the quick fire. Are you ready? Yeah. Greatest achievement in life? My kids and my family. Who's the person who's had the most influence on your career? My wife. Person. Oh, so, sorry. On your career, on my career, um, that's a hard one. Can be multiple. You can give me a couple. Yeah, there's different reasons. Yeah, there is different reasons. Yeah. Well, can I say my coaches? You can say whatever you want. Yeah, so <laughs> this is your the, podcast. You do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just one person because when you look at coaches, it's 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 what I take on now, and it's what I tell young people. It's it's great to have this idea, um, but anything more dangerous is. Having no idea is one idea. So yeah. having different coaches give me different ideas. You know, and I take it when I when I need it. So all of all my rugby league coaches, Johnny Cartwright, Johnny Lang, Phil Economides, and 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 Chris Anderson. Um, even though it was for only one season, um, Chris, at in the beginning I hated him. I hated him, but I appreciate him so much because he 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 taught me the value of, of, of rugby league and the value of teamwork. Person that's had the most influence on you personally? My wife, Lee, yeah. Finally married you in 2010. Yeah. <laughs> After three goes, I love that. <laughs> What's your favourite food? Chocolate. Chocolate? Yeah. Just plain chocolate? 
Just <laughs> dairy milk. Do you freeze Tim Tams? I don't freeze them, but have I you ever, have I you ever had a frozen teach? No, no, stick it in the freezer. Best thing you'll ever taste. Uh, favorite song at the moment? Oh, whenever. I love listening to Fast Car, Tracy Chapman. That's a great song, yeah. isn't it? I love it. Favorite place in the world? With my family. No matter where it is. It doesn't matter where it is. And what's next for Preston Campbell? Well, I don't know. But that's a good thing. Yeah, I don't know. Are you, are you going to embrace the I don't know? It's scary, though. Yeah. It is scary. Mate, it's the 18-year-old boy moving to the Gold Coast. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. It's sort of, it's the unknown and look how that turned out. You did all right. Yeah, it didn't do too bad. Well, mate, as I said before, uh, I love this podcast. Thank you so much. As far as I'm concerned, you're an awesome human. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. Three Thank years, you. we got there. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> Anytime. Thanks, Sonny Linda. Thank you, darling. <laughs>